After last week's episode dedicated to night photography, I got a few questions from listeners about how to take pictures of one of the most beautiful natural phenomena on this planet, the Aurora Borealis. The Northern Lights, as they are otherwise known, are a dream for most photographers to capture, but it can be challenging to understand where and when will be the best time to see them and, once you do, how to capture them. So today, we will continue with that night sky photography from the last episode and talk about capturing the aurora. And not just the northern lights, but the southern lights as well. Most people in the northern hemisphere don't seem to realize that the southern hemisphere has its own aurora, known as the aurora australis. Both the northern and southern lights share very similar characteristics, so photographing them presents many of the same challenges, just the geographic locations are going to be, you know, slightly different. All right, let's get going with episode 42 of the Travel and Adventure Photography School podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here today. I'm your host, Robert Massey, just stoked to get to talk about the Aurora. This podcast is part of the educational arm of my photography business, Robert Massey Photography. We focus on crafting adventurous images of adventurous people doing what they love. You can follow along on my journey in photography on Instagram at Robert Massey Photography. Now, let's get on with our show. The aurora is an earthly phenomenon caused by cosmic influences to create dancing colors in the night sky. This isn't something that takes place in outer space, but right inside our own atmosphere caused by radiation from the sun hitting the Earth's magnetic field. And the aurora is impressive to watch, but it can also be tricky to find and to see and even harder to capture. But how to do just that is what we are going to talk about today. So let's start with the where. The northern lights take place in the northern hemisphere. The closer to the Arctic Circle, the better and stronger the lights will be. Aurora shows can sometimes be seen as far south as the northern United States, but this is rare and really only occurs with the strongest solar storms. You will have some luck capturing the aurora in places like southern and central Alberta and BC, right along that line right there around the world, but to have brilliant shows consistently, you're going to want to go as far north as you can. The territories in Canada, Alaska, Greenland, Iceland, and the northern tips of Finland and Norway are all brilliant places to catch the northern lights. And the best time of year to see the northern lights? It's typically during winter, so from September to March. For the southern lights, you will want to be as close to the Antarctic Circle as you can. Now this can be a challenge. There is a lot more inhabited and easy-to-access landmass near the Arctic Circle than near the Antarctic Circle, making it much more difficult to find places to watch the southern lights from. That being said, there are still plenty of options, such as the southernmost tip of Australia, Tasmania, most of New Zealand, but specifically the Auraki Mackenzie International Dark Sky Reserve that's there. Huge, massive dark sky reserve. The south of Argentina, particularly near the city of Ushuaia, and South Georgia Island, which some Antarctic cruises will take you to. Now, the best time to see the southern lights is also during winter, so from May to August. Basically, for both sets of lights, get as close to the polar circles as you can, and you will have a better chance of seeing them. And winter nights are also much longer, closer to the poles, giving you a chance to see the aurora at all times of the day. Conversely, the summer months near the poles have very limited nighttime windows, severely limiting your opportunities to see the lights. That's why winter is typically suggested, because there are moments where 
There might only be a couple minutes of daylight throughout the course of the day, so you can really get a great chance to see the aurora. Because the aurora is not just a nighttime phenomenon, that's just when we can see it because it's not being overwhelmed by daylight. The aurora can happen at any point during the day. It's just if we can see it or not and if the sky is dark enough. So having it be dark most of the day will give you a much better chance to see the aurora happen. All right, now that you know where and when, let's talk about some of the things you will be needing to look for once you get to your destination. The first thing you are going to need is clear skies. A completely overcast night will block your view of the lights. The clearer the night, the better. This will mean keeping an eye on weather patterns, forecasts, and just looking out the window to see how the world is looking where you are. And while you are watching the weather, you will want to watch the aurora forecasts as well. Aurora activity is measured from 0 to 9, 9 being the highest and 0 being none. With a higher aurora forecast, you have a better possibility of seeing something. With a really high forecast, you may see a spectacular show. Now, to get a forecast, I use an app called Aurora Forecast. However, there are so many forecasting apps globally, with some being highly region-specific, that you should ask around wherever you are to get the best one for that area. With ratings, they are a guess at how high the aurora activity will be. Generally speaking, in non-high active zones like the southern part of Canada, you will want a rating of at least 3 to 4 to head out and try to see the aurora. If you are in a high aurora activity zone, like the far north or the far south, head out every night regardless of predicted aurora activity because there is always a chance you may get a show. Even on nights where it is like a 1 or a 2, you may get to see something, so get on out the door and just go and explore and watch and look for them. But, all that being said, aurora hunting can be unpredictable. Even on the highest probability of nights, you may not see anything. So be prepared to stay outside for hours on end, waiting. And it may take a few days, even in the highest aurora activity places, to get a glimpse of the lights. And once you do, the show may last for hours, or it may only last a few minutes. It can be very unpredictable. So you will need to be ready. And very, very patient in some cases. Now, one really nice thing in terms of timing, the amount of moonlight won't really change the aurora you see. So unlike astrophotography, where you want a new moon for the best star photos, you can head out whenever during the moon cycle to try and capture the aurora. And a full moon can actually sometimes be a blessing because it will illuminate your landscape and help create a more interesting composition, or at least it can help to create a more interesting composition. Now, one of the things you really need to watch out for is you will need to be as far away from cities as possible. The less light pollution, the more you are going to be able to see. Now, I have seen the northern lights over downtown Calgary, which was a bit confusing while driving, seeing bright green clouds, or at least what I thought were clouds in the sky. But that is exceedingly rare. So to have the best chance, remove yourself from civilization and get out somewhere where it is incredibly dark. That's why the dark sky preserves, like we talked about in the last episode, and like I already mentioned here, are amazing places to go, because they are some of the darkest places on the planet. Okay, so watch the forecast for the weather and the aurora, get a clear night with a chance of there being an aurora show, and then get as far away from city lights as you can. Now it is time for the actual photography. Before heading out the door, you will need to pack a high-quality tripod, like one that won't shake or vibrate in the breeze, and one that can hold your camera without it shaking whatsoever, a remote shutter release, a camera with manual controls, 
the fastest, widest lens you own. Ideally, this is a 24mm lens or wider that has an aperture of f2.8 or more. You can get away with an f4, especially for the really bright shows, but you will be cranking up your ESO and we want to avoid that if at all possible. And also bring along all the spare batteries you have and keep them tucked away somewhere warm so the cold doesn't sap the energy out of them. Oh, and you also want water, snacks, layers, and all the other things you need to be out at night taking photos. We have an episode on that, I believe it was episode two, that actually talks about doing winter photography in Canada. So go out, take a look at that episode if you don't actually know what you should be taking with you to be outdoors in the winter. One of the things I always make sure to bring is to have a little chair with me as well to be just a little bit more comfortable. It is so much nicer than sitting on a cold rock. All right, now hopefully you have followed the advice from last week's podcast and have pre-scouted a location. This can be a bit more difficult with the aurora as it can show up anywhere in the sky, so look for a spot where you can see lots of the world around you. Mountaintops and ridges are great for this, as is the open prairie. You really don't want to be driving around at night guessing where you should be. Have a destination in mind that you have visited before so that you have an idea of the trails and their hazards. And when you get there, set up your camera. You don't want to be trying to get it set up as the aurora dances around you. Be ready for it. So you're there, you're ready. Let's talk camera settings to get you started. And obviously, these will all be highly situational dependent. First off is your focus. Use manual focus and get your lens focused on infinity. Now you can do this in advance during the day. Find a subject in the distance and use manual focus to dial in your infinity focus, then mark your lens using tape or a marker at the point where your camera focuses the best at infinity. I know this can be a little bit confusing because lenses have that little dial that says this is the infinity point, but there's a little bit of play and a little bit of leeway in there for any lens and it'll just change ever so slightly depending on the situation and things like that for where it actually focuses the best at a distance. So try to figure out where it looks its best in advance of being outdoors needing to figure out some other things. Now if you didn't do this already, try focusing on the stars and dialing in your sharpness that way. It should help you dial in the aurora to make it look like it is sharp. And once you've set your focus, don't move the camera around. If you do, don't forget to go back and recheck your focus and go through this procedure again. And once you have started taking photos of the aurora, make sure you check over a couple of those photos at the beginning just to make sure they're sharp, they look their best, all those kind of things. Don't just look for exposure, but actually look for how sharp they are because you don't want to shoot an entire night of aurora photos and realize that you had missed your focus on them or something. So take a little bit of time to take a look at those first few photos you take. All right, aperture. Keep your aperture wide open. If you're using an f4 lens, keep it there. But if you're shooting with something faster, you can actually stop the lens open just a bit to provide yourself with a bit more sharpness in your shots. So if you're shooting with an f2.8, you can usually get away with shooting at an f3.5 or f4. If it is really faint aurora, put your aperture back to its widest point, but otherwise try to keep it a stop up to provide a bit more sharpness. Shutter speed. Your shutter speed will be incredibly variable and will depend on how much the aurora is dancing. If it's very bright and moving fast, a few seconds may be all you need or can use, but you may need to go up to 20 or 30 seconds if it's a quieter night. So unfortunately, you will need to dial this in once you see how the aurora is moving and once you see how everything is playing out and how bright it is. ESO. Your ESO will change depending on the shutter speed you can use. Try to keep it as low as possible while still having a properly exposed image, and remember the limits of your camera. The Sony a7R4 and the Canon R5 are both incredible with high ESO shots. 
In contrast, however, a camera like the Canon 7D Mark II struggles once you get above 800 ESO. So get to know what your camera can and can't do really well, and that will help you create the best possible photos. All right, and my final tip for the settings you should be using, shoot in RAW. This should be obvious by now. Don't shoot in JPEG. Shoot all your images in RAW. This will allow you to get the most out of your shots. And I don't care if you're just starting out in photography or if you're an advanced pro. Shoot in RAW. It is really the only way you're going to be able to get the best Aurora images and the ones that you will be truly happy with. And that's really it. That should help you get on your way to photographing the Aurora for the first time or just to help you create better images the next chance you get. And it can be super challenging, but it is so, so rewarding. Especially the first time you see it, just be ready and do the best you can and enjoy seeing one of the most impressive sights on our planet. Now, have you gotten out to shoot the Aurora? Seen it anywhere unique or have any brilliant stories to share? Let me know. I say this every episode and I mean it every single episode. I love talking photography with people. I've gotten lots of great messages. So keep it up. Keep sending me what you've got and the questions that you have. You can get a hold of me on Instagram at Travel Adventure Photo School or at Robert Massey Photography. Now, you can also catch the full show notes for this week's episode and all other episodes on our website at travelandadventurephotographyschool.com. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Get out there and try to find some Aurora. Let's adventure. Bye for now.